Hello and welcome back to Film Festival Reviews. This is Christina Kotlar. I am your host for this evening and I am ready for the 44th annual New York Film Festival set for opening night on September 29th going through October 15th. And I had an opportunity to speak with Richard Pena, Program Director of the Film Society of Lincoln Center and Chairman of the Selection Committee. He's been doing this for 18 years, so you know, he knows what he's talking about when he's talking about the films that are coming up. And I also had a conversation with Kent Jones, who is the curator of this year's sidebar of the film festival, and that is a 50-year retrospective of Janus Films. And here is an opportunity to check out the history of world-class cinema. I listened in on the, on the radio station from Fordham University, FUV, and of course it was Pete Fornatel on the show. And he talked about this old program that um, was on television called Million Dollar Movie. And it reminded me of what this New York Film Festival wanted to do with the sidebar of the Janus collection of films because Million Dollar Movie showed films before the advent of the Turner Classic Movie Channel and Blockbuster and the Criterion collection of DVDs of old films. It was kind of like the run of the movie theater where they played one movie two times a night the entire week. So if you really loved this movie, you had an opportunity to watch it as many times as you wanted to. And you could really learn a lot from this film, know the scenes, you knew the lines, you were able to recite the lines. So now we have the opportunity to get a hold of um, more films. There's a great opportunity at uh, New York Film Festival to see some of these old films. We'll be talking to Kent Jones about this. Probably you'll hear this uh, conversation next week because I don't think we could fit it in on this week's program. So without further ado, we will be listening in on the conversation I had with Richard Pena. So um, enjoy the show. So you've been doing this for how many years now? This is my uh, 19th New York Film Festival. It's like going back to school almost because it's in the fall and everything. Yeah, that's right. And it is the 44th yes. annual. How do you keep it fresh? How do you keep it new and exciting for people to come and say, I have to go to this film festival? Well, I think the New York Film Festival is both a combination of things that are well-established and things that are always very new in that uh, we have a kind of structure that we followed since 1963, which is that we are generally a small festival. We only show in a given year probably about 25 new films and a few retrospectives. So in that way, the structures remain the same really since the beginning. On the other hand, the people who select the festival are constantly being changed and refreshed. I mean, I've been here, and my colleague Ken Jones has been on for a number of years, but other people come and go and things like that. And as they do, they bring in their ideas, their influences, whatever. And I think we're all very aware of the great tradition of the New York Film Festival as being somewhat really the arbiter and also the showcase for a lot of the best of new international cinema. I mean, so many great filmmakers and film movements were really introduced into the United States through the New York Film Festival. So while we don't, I think, jump at every latest trend, I think we are aware of the fact that it's our duty to look around as much as humanly possible and really get the widest variety of films in for us to consider and then hopefully to select for the public. So how did the selection process go this year? It was great this year. I mean, this year uh, 
was really a, a little bit of a love fest. Uh, we were, I mean, hopefully my colleagues agreed. We, we really had a great time. I think from the very beginning, we just had a sense of harmony and we liked what we were seeing. Uh, Khan was, you know, I think, as most people said, a little bit of an off year, so we really had to look around and find a lot of things that came after Khan that were, just weren't ready in time for Khan. And I think we came up with some wonderful things. Well, I know that your influence is really apparent in this film festival. What do you look for when you search out these films or you're going, when you go to these festivals? Because I noticed a few of them were at the Toronto Film Festival. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, more than a few. Toronto is quite a lot of our program. You know, basically, I think all great films are some kind of combination of very interesting formal innovation and really compelling social urgency. Some films are completely one way and some films are completely the other and they still qualify to my mind as great films but I think the films that I like most are films that combine those two uh, qualities. Certainly I think we have many that are on display this year that do that. You know, I, I think it's really important that we're very honest with the public. I think that if the public feels we're pursuing any agenda, that we need a certain number of films from a certain number of places or something like that, they'll instantly, I think, react to that. That's why, you know, what I like to say is if there's an African film in the New York Film Festival, it's not because, gee, it would be nice to have an African film. It's because we really love the film. It's here because we think it's one of the very best films we saw this year. And I think the public believes that. I think that kind of trust with the audience is really what has made the New York Film Festival special over the years, that people really feel that we really hold films to the highest artistic uh, standards. Well, that kind of rolls into what my other question was, because you had brought together film series that take some films from different parts of the country that people would never have had an opportunity mm -hmm. to see. Do you continue with these film series? Do you start new ones? Oh, we're always looking for films. I mean, that's our job, you know, since 24-7, 365. I mean, we're always looking to, to bring in new films. Many of our film series do travel. I mean, for example, back in April we presented a complete Krzysztof Kieślowski retrospective, which has since been to, I think, five or six cities and is traveling to more. There are other series that we do that also travel. When we can do that, I mean, our, you know, our business is to let films get seen. So, I mean, you know, if we organize something and we can arrange to have the prints go out on a tour of other cities and whatever, we're delighted. In the first place, it helps us amortize some costs. On the second place, it just helps the impact of our work have an even greater effect. I love that idea because it sounds like you are really keeping the the film audience educated, you know, to what is really going out there. You know, how else could people find out? You know, you go to these film festivals, and that's what I try to help people is how to uh, pick out some of the film festivals that would help them get a better idea of the independent film mm -hmm. business. Most of them just, they don't know where to even start. Yeah. So sometimes the New York Film Festival kind of really feels high-minded or intellectual. How do you hope that the audience would come away from seeing a, a one film or like a whole series of films from your festival? You know, I, I think sometimes I, I like to imagine the festival as transporting the audience to where I was when I was an adolescent or a young person first going to the New York Film Festival. For me, going to the movies then was a great adventure. I mean, you'd go see movies that 
I often didn't understand at all, or I had some vague idea about, but I was really intrigued and I wanted to learn more, I wanted to find out more, I wanted to be able to understand. And that was, for me, the great adventure of the fantastic cinema of the 60s and early 70s. It was a very challenging cinema, provocative cinema, cinema that made you go to it a bit. Uh, it wasn't so much, I think, concerned with the notion of product as much as it was with the idea of experience. And so because of that, uh, I'd like to reintroduce that factor into film going. I, like, I think our audiences at their best are people who come looking for an adventure. And, you know, and sometimes they're going to find aspects of that adventure that they don't like and they don't agree with or they tire of or whatever. But if they can see that there's a serious commitment here to really trying to expand and question and redefine whatever what we think about movies and just not give people yet another well well done product then I, I think we're doing uh, something interesting that is interesting because last night I saw a PBS special on Andy Warhol yes I saw that was coming on and it was about the the whole how he was getting into the film mm -hmm. in the 1960s also and that again from the 60s, I think, into the 70s, they had a lot of the art houses, and that's, you can't find those art houses anymore. Well, you know, uh, you're right. I mean, there has been a kind of a reduction in that. The other side of that is, of course, there's been this, you know, monumental rise of DVD and things like that, and sometimes you can find extraordinary things on DVD, and I'm always amazed at things that come out. Recently, for example, I bought the uh, three films that were directed by the Spanish playwright Fernando Arabal, you know, I'm really wondering who else in the United States is buying this, but I mean, it seemed to me that this is something I really wanted to add to my collection. They're interesting works, especially the first one, Viva la Muerte, but, you know, it, this is pretty esoteric stuff, and yet you could find them in Kim's video, you can find them probably in Tower. I mean, they're just where you, you know, that idea that what is available now to a viewer is, is really amazing. Uh, so... As always, history seems to be moving in two directions at the same time. One is, as you say, there are fewer and fewer art houses, not in New York or San Francisco or Boston, but really in the Midwest, in the South, and places where they used to exist, or in the suburbs, whereas at the same time you have this extraordinary, delirious uh, availability of international cinema and classic cinema that, if one wants, you can find on the net. Do you find that the emerging filmmakers are educated, you know, through these kind of films, and, and maybe that has influenced in the way they are, you know, making films right now? Uh, two ways. I mean, always, I think, in the history of cinema, there have been filmmakers who are tremendously film literate and really know film very, very well, and you can feel it in their work. And then you have filmmakers who really don't have a lot of interest in other people's films or see very few or just don't really sort of talk in those terms. Just in terms of contemporary America, you know, for me, the two greatest filmmakers we have are probably Martin Scorsese and David Lynch. Scorsese is a film encyclopedia. He loves film. He talks about it all the time. His films are full of film references. Try and talk to David Lynch about film. It, it just isn't there. He, you know, he sort of knows a few names, a few films he likes. He's simply not really a cinephile in that way. And yet both, I think, are extraordinary filmmakers. So it's a little bit hard to say which is the better way. I guess my heart always goes out to those people who are cinephiles, but many great directors, uh, people who I've met and whatever, some of the filmmakers we show on the New York Film Festival, I know are people who don't really have a strong interest in, in cinema other than their own or a few people whose work they happen to like. That's uh, just the way it is. If anything, what I think has happened now is you have directors 
who really uh, are open to an extraordinary range of influences because you see now that the notion of international cinema has become just that, that really is an extremely broad category. So it's not unusual to talk to an Argentine director who'll tell you how much he loves contemporary Iranian film. You know, that's new. I mean, certainly in the 60s, you wouldn't find filmmakers who had that, you know, they would know the French cinema, they would know the Russian cinema, they'd obviously know the American cinema, but their knowledge of Asian cinema or African cinema would have been, unfortunately, very, very slight. And now I think the emerging generation of filmmakers, when they do know cinema, have quite a broad international palette. Do you think it's because of the proliferation of film festivals that that could be the, one of the reasons? Uh, That's part of it. Yeah, certainly film festivals, you know, since there's a film festival just about in every town that has a church nowadays, uh, that has helped, I think, just get the word out. And, and many of these films do play in places and people have a chance to see them. So, yeah, that, that helps somewhat. Again, that's what, you know, I said we were going in two directions. I mean, while the market for foreign films seems to be at best holding steady and certainly not growing in terms of rentals and things like that. On the other hand, you do have this extraordinary proliferation of film festivals, film clubs, film societies. So again, it does seem to be going in two directions. So you consider yourself a cinephile? Right, yeah. I do too, but sure. I don't have the extensive background. You don't have to, as long as you really feel a strong dedication to uh, learning about and you know whatever film film is an important part of your life you're a cinephile and I and I do and I've seen the whole list of, yeah. of films that are going to be playing and I'm yeah. like uh, checking out my schedule to Great. see what I can go see Excellent. but as a cinephile yeah. does that really influence on the type of uh, director or film that you that you search out for I mean I'm not sure what that means I mean you know in the end the decisions always a rather arbitrary one I mean you know I, I have what I like and other things I don't like the important thing I think is for me and my colleagues to try and come to the table when we're making our decisions to do, invite films to the New York Film Festival with as few agendas or prejudices as possible so if you know there's a filmmaker who comes to the table whose film we're seeing and we've shown four or five of his or her works, uh, you know, as much as we can, I think we like to clear the decks and look at it as if it was a filmmaker we were encountering for the first time. That's impossible. But at the same time, no one has a pass or a buy for the festival. But, and, you know, very often, you know, the very hard week for me every year is the week after the New York Film Festival is announced when I have to either call up or sit by the phone or receive phone calls from people who are very angry that their films haven't been accepted. It's part of the job. So you have to do that. Or if, you know, someone said, you know, this is really important that we have, you know, four films that deal with the Iraq War this year. I mean, if there were four great films that dealt with the Iraq War, we'd be delighted to show them. But if we don't find them, then, you know, it would seem wrong or artificial for us to put them in because we think the Iraq War is very important and people should be seeing films about it. Right, but as someone who has seen so many films, you know, it, it, you might have a a penchant for a type of film mm -hmm. that you might want to, of course. You know, but you see, again, that would be. I like to think that excellence exists in all categories, you know, from a multi-million-dollar blockbuster to the most humble DV film. You know, uh, you know, I, I happen to think Jonathan Cowett's, uh Tarnation was a remarkable film, and it costs like $200 or something like that to get to its first screening. And I also was a great fan of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So I mean. 
you know, I don't think that one cancels out the other. You know, film creativity, film art exists in all kinds of regions. Uh, it's just a, a matter of being able to distinguish within those regions which are the ones that truly are works of art and which ones aren't, you know, at least in my opinion. So, I mean, you have to keep yourself open. You can't deny that you have prejudices. I, I think you mentioned before something about, you know, changes in the festival, and I think you're probably implying a, a broader international scope of the festival, perhaps since I arrived. That might be partially my doing. I think a lot of it's just availability. I mean, I think we have far greater access now to films from all over the world than, say, prior to 1987. I came out in 1988. So because of that, the festival reflects that. But it is true that that's my area of interest. I teach Latin American, Asian, Arab films, and these are areas that I, I know something about and I have great contacts in, and in a sense I'm glad to bring those films into the festival when we feel that they're works that we can stand behind. It's great. No, I'm, I'm just very excited about seeing that whole range of um, films that are being um, put together. And I want to ask you, how did you make your choice for the opening film? I know it's The Queen. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, again, the opening film is always something that we like to send a little bit of a signal out to. It gives us a chance to perhaps do a little bit of a special honor around maybe a filmmaker or a film. Uh, certainly Stephen Frears has been someone we've all liked and appreciated. He's been in the festival before. And, you know, I, we really love this film. It has seemed to us the perfect combination of a film that is incredibly simple and at the same time has a real profundity. I think has a really very sharp view of contemporary society and power structures, and especially the relationship between political power and media power. And so with all those reasons, we saw the film and thought this would be a wonderful opening night. This certainly seems to not only give us a chance to honor Stephen, who's a great guy and a terrific filmmaker, and to show a work that we think really deserves to be not only noticed, but really paid attention to. So we proposed it to Miramax. Miramax was kind enough to say yes, and here we are. And the rest of the films, uh, who's the emerging artist that uh, we should kind of keep an eye out for? Well, there are several. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, I think this year there are a number of filmmakers we have coming back for their second or third time who, you know, in a way I think are the filmmakers that we're going to be looking at a lot in the next few years. Uh, Nori Bilge-Shelan, who's from Turkey, I think is a wonderful director. I and mean, we've had him in both new directors and in the festival with his earlier film Distant. And here he's back with a film called Climates. And I just think he's a great talent. I mean, you see in the film, this is a man of great visual invention, incredible courage, uh, a real sort of, I think, uh, ability to take a very hard look at contemporary relationships. Uh, you know, I think he's the real thing. Uh, Barbara Albert, Austrian director, again, has made this sort of transition from new directors, new films, to one film in the festival, and now she's back with a second. You know, this is clearly somebody of great talent, and, you know, I'm glad that we've been following her, because I'm convinced she's going to be one of the great European filmmakers, you know, if she's already on her way to being that within a few years, I think she'll be recognized widely like that. Uh, so again, there are a number of different filmmakers like that. Uh, we have Alan René in the festival this year. He was in the first New York Film Festival back in 1963 with Muriel, and we're enormously proud to have him back with, you know, another great film. Here's a man with a career that stretches 50 years now, just about. So what a, what a great treat to be able to honor someone like that. Do you see a difference in the audiences that have been coming to the festival? Yeah, I mean, inevitably, audiences change over the years. I think they also come to reflect changes in New York. Uh, I think the audience is probably more 
uh, broadly multicultural now than it was before. I think that's because the New York Festival has gotten somewhat of a reputation, uh, you know, among, say, Asian people or people of African descent or whatever, that there is going to be work there that they might be of interest to them, special interest to them. So, you know, certainly our Korean films will attract a sizable Korean audience. And I'm sure Nuri's film will get, you know, there's quite a thriving Turkish community here in New York. And I think many of them are very excited about coming to the festival and seeing his film and seeing him. So, yeah, I think we reach out to those audiences. Um, but, I mean, again, I think they're New Yorkers who are looking for an adventure in cinema. That's, I think, what unites them all. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell me about the festival itself, um, past, present, future here? No, I mean, again, I think that even though the names sometimes change and perhaps the countries of origin, the festival, I'd like to think, remains remarkably similar to what it was in 1963, uh, a festival that really focuses on presenting each year a kind of small but intense view of the best in international cinema freed from categories and prizes and all the other things that often I think define other festivals and we've done that for 44 years I think successfully and hopefully we'll continue to do that for more than 44 years. How do you see the um, independent film market on the horizon, like coming up and everything for these film festivals, for your film festival to bring in the more. Specifically the independent feature film market downtown or just the independent film market generally? Let's start with the downtown and yeah. let's do the general. Well, uh, you know, I think the IFP as an organization is a wonderful organization. It serves many people and does great things. The market, which is really what gave rise to the IFP, in a certain way has become, I mean, I think they've done a very good job in trying to redefine it because nowadays the purpose of the market, which is to introduce new films to distributors and festival directors and whatever, perhaps has lost a little bit of its raison d'etre. I mean, nowadays with DVD and the kind of tracking that goes on, I mean, yeah, there are people at all the big companies like Sony or Picture House and whatever, they're tracking films from the time they're in script, you know, and so there, there tends to be few surprises. I mean, the idea, I remember back in, was it, 88, 88, I think it was, going to, you know, a screening at the, I, the independent feature market and seeing Whit Stillman's Metropolitan. It was like, wow, I mean, you were just all discovering it, you know, Know, all at the same time. A few things like that, I think, continue to happen at the market. And I don't blame the IFP. I just think that people are too aware. There's too much stuff out there. People are sending out rough cuts. They're doing all kinds of things. So I think the market as an experience for a young filmmaker is invaluable. I think you learn an enormous amount in one week. It's really like a crash course. Plus, you can show your work and meet people, and, and it does have that function. But that's probably almost secondary now to the overall educational function of the market. Secondly, the independent feature market writ large, you know, I think the, the problem is bo both the problem and the glory is it's gotten too big. You know, there are just far too many films out there. Now, that's wonderful because it affords more and more voices a chance to make themselves heard. But on the other hand, it also threatens to drown out voices that perhaps aren't particularly loud or, or something like that. And, you know, that's, I think, the challenge for programmers. I mean, you know, in a certain way, it's great that we're getting six, seven hundred American independent feature, uh, features to look at every year, but also, you know, it, it is wearying, you know, so we try and strike a balance, you know, with that. And, you know, festivals like Sundance, I think, are really in the hot seat, you know, with that because they're getting who knows how many every year and really having to come up with what they think will be you know, the American feature of films to look at every year. 
It's a tough business, as you well know. I mean, so many people sink fortunes, their own or other people's, into their films and never see any of it back. Did you go to Toronto? I don't go to Toronto because in addition to working here, as you know, I also teach at Columbia. And since uh, usually my first week in cla of class coincides pretty much with the festival, it's really difficult for me to go. Also, frankly, most of the stuff in Toronto is stuff I've seen, so not really that much of a reason for me to go. I'd love to go just to experience Toronto and to see friends, but there tends to be not that much I haven't had access to. What other festivals do you like to go to or do you think are, you know, like high? Well, the two that I go to, I mean, because I think they're professionally important for me, are Cannes and Berlin. Those are sort of on my calendar every year. I'd love to go to many more, but, you know, I can only do what I can do. Other colleagues on staff, my colleague Kent, whose chair you're sitting in, goes to Rotterdam. Uh, Marion Massoni, who's on staff, goes to also Rotterdam and also Sundance. Um, one colleague just left yesterday for San Sebastian. So, I mean, you know, I think we, we do our best to cover what's out there, but, I mean, I can only do so much myself. I, I tend to do other traveling in relationship to Walter Reed series. Do you do any of the festivals here in New York that go on? Uh, occasionally, if there's something there I want to see. Again, you know, a lot of them that are here, like, say, like the Gay and Lesbian Festival, some of that work has come my way. So if it's, there's something there that a friend has made or I've heard something good about, I'll try and make it there. Or what would be another one, I guess, there, you know, like, say, the Israeli Festival or something like that. It just depends, you know, if there's something there. But, you know, we're all very busy here, and it's sometimes hard to get out of this Upper West Side ghetto that we're in. Well... Thank you so much because Pleasure. I know you're so busy and uh, it's starting up. I know the press uh, industry screenings are starting this week yes. and uh, you're getting ready for opening night, which mm -hmm. is the 29th, yes. September 29th. And good luck with everything. Thanks. And I hope to see you there. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. There you have it. That's just the start of what's going to be happening in the next couple of weeks at the New York Film Festival. And I want to thank my inspiration for the day, which was Pete Pornatel and Ben Scalza. So I look forward to next week with um, Kent Jones, and see you around. Thanks for listening.